obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. All right, I think we are live on Facebook. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast, episode 282. We're calling it Misery Monday for the Commanders versus the Lions. Um, a, a frustrating loss that we will get into. We'll talk a little bit of nationals and a couple other topics as well. Um, just want to make sure, yeah, we are live on Facebook. We are also live on Twitch as well. Um, and throughout the night, I'll be sharing to a couple of extra groups. And we'll get uh, people's comments in live if they have any questions for the team. Uh, let's bring in the team right now. We'll start off with the DC's People Champ. Uh, how are you doing today, Champ? Live and direct from the People Studios in Alexandria, Virginia. And just like this cigar is falling apart on me now, the commander's defense fell apart yesterday. And we will talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, oof. That was a rough game. It's hard to start as bad as they did, and it just kept on unraveling for them. And then the moments where I thought they were going to pull it back, and then got worse, and then it got pretty bad, and then they finally played a game of it. Uh, but at that point, it was a little bit too late. But we'll get into all of that. But uh, the next guest we're going to bring in is Dujane Bland. How are you doing tonight, Dujane? Doing great, man. Doing great. Unfortunately, it's not a win, and um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I. Um, we could kind of see it coming, right? I mean, that we were not picked to fit, to win this game. Um, I did a pick 'em show on Thursday to celebrate uh, 400 followers here on Twitch, uh, which I appreciated a lot of people for tuning in on, and uh, we had a really fun. Uh, almost five hour show uh, between my show and Davey's eating a sandwich. Um, and uh, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. We tried to pick all the games. We did not do very well this week. It was a tough week uh, in the NFL for pick them. Um, I think anybody did well if they got close to 500, uh, but uh, I did not pick us this week. Right. And so I guess I got that one right. But so like, but at the same time, uh, you could kind of see this happening. Um, Detroit has now put three games in a row up with 35 points or more, I believe, which is the first time they've done that. And I want to say over 50 years. So yeah, it's been a long time. 
So they're not a bad team, right? No. I, you know, and they should not be overlooked. And there's a reason they were favored in this game. Um, a lot of people kind of scoffed at that a couple of days before. And they're like, oh, Washington's coming off a good victory over the Jags. Which, by the way, they vindicated a little bit what we said last week. When we said the Jags are a pretty good team. Everyone's like, oh, no, you beat a really bad team. And that's not indicative of how you're going to play the next week. I think the Lions are better than us, but I think, uh, and I think we're better than Jacksonville. And I think Jacksonville is a really good team. So, I mean, those all can still be true. Um, And, uh, uh, but that was interesting to see their domination in in that series. Um, uh, But uh, we can get into some of the other games as well, but Dujan, I want you to start uh, just breaking down your overall thoughts on uh, this um, this game from yesterday, and I'm going to share the podcast to a couple of different uh, groups to try to get some comments in there, and then uh, and then we'll get Champ's thoughts, uh, initial thoughts. Uh, you can give your opening takeaways and things like that, and then we can break down uh, more uh, by position group or however we want to break it down after that. Um, you know, watching the first half of the game, um, when you're looking at what was transpiring, so it was very clear the offensive line was struggling, right? They were struggling to block uh, and especially in pass rush. Um, I thought they would do some things to uh, get Antonio Gibson out of the space. They did not do that. Um, you get backed up, <laughs> you get backed up uh, against your own, against your end zone and you decide to do a five-step drop. Um, that's where I'm looking at Scott Turner and saying your offensive line hasn't done a good job up to this point you got to do something to get the ball out quickly uh play it smart play it safe don't put Carson Wentz in a position where he's gonna possibly get sacked or lose the football for a safety and it happened um I don't like the fact if you're gonna play bad for a quarter fine um I know some are making excuses of well they made adjustments in the second half well that's not soon enough uh you were clearly getting beat to the point of attack and it looked like you really weren't prepared for what was about to transpire. Like you figured you were going to run the same thing you ran last week as if Detroit doesn't watch any film. Um, that, that can't happen. And he needed to make adjustments a lot sooner. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to blame Carson Wentz. And I think you guys are just reaching, man, uh, reaching really bad. Um, you guys haven't seen uh, eight touchdowns in eons. You should be thankful. Um, this, this is on being prepared and we've seen this a time or two before, uh, and I'm only focusing on the first half. Um, we've seen this a time or two before, and if that adjustment gets made a little bit early, maybe it's a game a little bit early as well. Now we can sit here and talk about the defense allowing seven to 15 on third down. Uh, they allowed at least one of two, uh, fourth down conversions, 21 first downs. I mean, how many explosive plays? Um, but you likely are in this game a little bit closer and a little bit sooner uh, if you make that adjustment early. But it just seemed like, you know, in typical uh, Scott Turner fashion, beat your head against the wall to do the same things over and over and over again that were not working uh, and that was not helping your offensive line as if something was going to change. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think I don't understand why we didn't see some slants and misdirections earlier in the three game. step drops. It, Not it five. Was, yeah. I just, 
I don't know what they were thinking. It wasn't working. The run game wasn't working. They had to try more things to the outside. They had to try some slants. They needed to try some bubble screens, mix it up a little bit, maybe, you know, RPO action. I don't know. The run game wasn't working, and so you couldn't play action off of it. Right. So they have to throw that all out and pretty much start with something else in the second quarter. And what's crazy is they have this great goal line stand where they could have really cut it down and instead they give up that safety and it ultimately unravels for them. But if they're able to get some running yardage, get out of the end zone a little bit, um, I don't know. I I think that that was a pivotal moment because if they can march down that field and even get a field goal or something to feel good about themselves and they didn't allow any points on the other way instead the safety, then you kick it off and they've got the short field and it avalanches. Right. So, um, it's important to get the run game going and it wasn't working in the conventional sense at first, but then you got to be creative with it and get it going in some way possible because um, there were just, you know, there were just pass rushing us at a point and we just couldn't, you know, make the adjustments until we did later on when we added some of the slants and some of the things that we were talking about uh, and, and we made a game of it, but then the defense didn't step up when they needed to, unfortunately, but uh, champ, I want to get some of your thoughts on the first half and then we'll get in that second half. Right. Um, one of Dujanae's uh, colleagues in sport, at Sports Journey, Lake Lewis, who's a fantastic guy, I got to meet him a few times because he's local to the area, put a, a very, very on-point post on Instagram earlier today, and it read as this. Uh, when Ron Rivera was hired, he said that his defense would play fast downhill and wouldn't allow offenses to dictate them. Well, Jack Del Rio's defense has been dictated to every week for the past two seasons. It's too much talent on D for these results. If that ain't the truest statement I ever read online in my life, I mean, it's it's nothing but facts. You have all the talent in the world on that side of the ball with Jonathan Allen. Uh, hope you know you'll get uh, Young back in a couple of games. You have all this talent in the world, but yet we're getting the results that we're getting. And I spoke highly of the defense last week. I said, hey, they were able to get off the field. Uh, They were able to, you know, give the offense the chance to go out there and do what they needed to do. They had high praise for me last week. This week, they went completely backwards. They went absolutely backwards. The secondary was absolutely lost. There were too many times where receivers got more wide open than in a peewee football game. I mean, I probably could have made some 30, 40 yard uh, catching runs in that all in that defensive setup. And I'm three, I'm 235 pounds and slow. And I probably would have gotten 20, 30, 40 yard burst out of that. It's really sad as a fan to have one week see the defense do one thing and then the next week go the opposite direction and see the results that we get. And there the defensive effort definitely put a lot of pressure on the offense to do what they needed to do. And as, D, as DJ so eloquently put it earlier, the offensive line was the problem on that side because how can Carson Wentz step back and do anything if he's got blue jerseys all in his face and in his grill within like two seconds? You can't really do nothing. So this was just not a very good game. Detroit shows that they are a very good team. I got, I got to walk back my statement about Jared Goff. I thought he was going to go out there and stink the bed. He actually played very well. And as we talked about in our group chat earlier, Dujanay say, said it best. It's not on Wentz. Carson Wentz went out there and threw for over 300 yards again and spread the ball around. But it's just when your defense is not doing what they're supposed to do, how's the offense going to do anything? Yeah. 
I want to apologize to the Twitch feed. There was a background. I was picking up some computer audio and there was an ad going on and there was another uh, thing playing. So thank you, Andy, for letting us know. I appreciate it. Um, so um, I'll make a quick correction. That was Washington was seven of 15. Uh, the Lions were four of 13 on third down, but it doesn't matter when you don't have to get the third down because of the big plays that they were receiving on first and second down. Yeah. It's true. Uh, but thank you, Andy, for letting us know. Luckily, we actually do the audio recording on Zoom, so I don't think it actually picked that up for the audio podcast, uh, but I appreciate uh, Andy for letting me know, and we got it fixed for, for later. And people that don't know, Andy Primordial Sounds, who's in chat right now, uh, will be joining us for the second hour. We're going to be doing some art together, doing some emote design. So people are on the Facebook Live feed that's just going to be for the first hour, and they want to click into that. The link is on, in the description uh, and they can watch me do some art on the Twitch feed, which has actually been pretty popular lately. So I, I look forward uh, to expanding and doing other things on Twitch other than just uh, sports talk, which is uh, kind of fun to do. Anyway, back to what it is. But thank you, Andy, for letting us know. That's why we have people in chat. Uh, moderators are helpful to, uh, for that. And uh, uh, I want to give a quick little scoring update uh, before we get back into it. We actually have two Monday night football games going on right now. Uh, in the third quarter, 10-18 left. Uh, this game is happening uh in uh buffalo um uh the score was oh they just put it away it was 24 was it seven uh, yes it was, 24 it was, to 7 thank you yeah there it is 24-7 uh they took away the ticket right as i was going to it i was like that's super helpful anyway and the other game um is it's 14 and nothing the eagles uh but minnesota is right on the goal line round first and goal and a touchdown uh, so uh, Minnesota has now made it a little bit closer uh, in that one. Was that uh, the, a passing touchdown? It was a passing yes. touchdown. Thank Damn you, it. Kirk. Yeah, Kirk thank you, Kirk. Him. Come I on, Dalvin. Dalvin should have got that. I have him on fantasy team. Thank you. Yeah, Irv Smith Jr. with the two-yard touchdown reception. It was a very simple, um, you know, play fake, and then a, a bootleg out to the right, and there was no one within five yards of him. A walk-in two-yard touchdown. Uh, for the Vikings scoring plays nine 75 yards in five minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, so ESPN on, on ABC is happening there. So I've never seen that. Oh, that extra point almost didn't go in. Um, uh, so uh, it's weird to have two broadcasts by the same network at the same time. They're doing live look-ins in each of them. It's just really rare in the NFL. Uh, usually uh, it's competing networks. Uh, so anyway, uh, we, we got both those games live on uh, in the man cave. If anybody wanted to see what that looked like, uh, you can see I got OBS up. We've got the upper ones, got one game and the other one's got the other uh, game. Uh, so making sure we got all of it. Um, uh, thank you, Andy. It's good to see you as well. I look forward to our art stream in a little bit. Um, all right, let's get back into the second half where I thought that they actually played really well. And uh, if they could have just gotten off the field on a couple of plays, they'd set themselves up for success. I think it was too big of a hole to ask them to climb out of that. But uh, if they had played that way the whole game, we probably would have won the game. Dujanet, what are your thoughts on the second half? Um, it, it really is a tale of two halves, right? Um, this, this offense really got going. I think this is where Washington fans need to be uh, happy about. Um, in years past, you fold up the tent, you know, put the chairs in the back of the car and uh, head on out of here because it was over. Um, 
for them to fight back in this game after being down 22 to nothing, that they had all the like 20 yards or so uh, coming into the late of the first half on offense, uh, maybe had like one first down or so. Um, to come back out in the second half and do what they were able to do was pretty impressive. Uh, what I like to see uh, more is the defense to play. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem is with the defense is the front four is trying to get pressure, but uh, your secondary is getting shook worse than a, um, worse than a uh, spades table at a black family reunion. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, and they look confused back there, right? And we've seen this over the years. It's always talking about miscommunications. I, I, I don't, Jackson and all these guys they have back there don't play like this if there's no clear communication. And I don't know if others or fans realize that they're playing a 4-2-5 defense. You realize, I'm sure some of you are like, why are there only, looks like there's only two linebackers in the middle there. Well, it is. It's only two linebackers. And we talked about this last week, um, especially in the running game that gashed them a lot last week and this week. It, it's the same things. When you have those two linebackers back there, essentially you don't have a middle linebacker. So it's resp- it's a big key responsibility for those two linebackers to maintain their gap responsibility and allow the defensive front to do what they need to do. When you over-pursue, you get caught up into that all, that defensive line traffic. So now there's no one in the middle to help anything out. So the safeties are having to come up and make tackles. And by that time, we all know it's six yards down the field plus. And if they miss, then you get those big runs that Swift had uh, in the game. I mean, you know, they, they had everybody and their mama running. I mean, St. Brown had 68, Swift had 56. Uh, they had longs of 58, 50. Uh, Williams had a long of 12. He ran for 53 yards as well. Um, too much, too much. Uh, and I think it's time that we start talking about the fact that Jack Del Rio is not doing his job. And as far as I'm concerned, he's got one more week or he can find himself at his home in Destin and he can chill on the beach and do whatever he wants. This is not working. And we're not seeing any adjustments. There's no aggressiveness to this defense. But you can, there, there's you, an offense okay here. with firing him midseason? I feel like not Look, very many. He, you have to do something. Um, you know, you have a coach that is a defensive coach, right? There's no right. need to no need to worry about a guy who's not getting the job done. He's they've allowed almost 58 points in two games. We haven't even talked about the amount of yards that I mean, 425 this week. 425. I don't I don't even remember what it was last week, but I can tell you right now, it's upwards of almost 500 to 600 yards in two weeks. Unacceptable for a team that has all this talent. And you're at the helm of calling all of this. So at some point, while we're firing defensive line coaches, at some point, he's got to uh, own this garbage he's been putting on the field for now a third season. And you think that, uh, you think that uh, Ron or Riverboat should be uh, okay with that when his offense is putting up the amount of points they're putting up to win ball games. If you just get a few stops, you win the game, right? Just a few. 
He ain't asking for a whole lot. Ben, but don't break. I mean, they did hold him to five in the first half while the offense was kind of uh, comatose and out to lunch. Yeah, I don't. It's it's just so hard because it's hard when you fire a you know a head coach of a whole entire half of your football team. You but know? he's not like, doing anything. Yeah. He's not helping that half of the football team. I mean, but do we literally think somebody you can go else out and do a better job? But do you think there's somebody else within the system? Absolutely. And so you would do that versus bring somebody else in. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that Ron Rivera is smart enough to do that. He can well, coach his the, defense. Do you think the system is good enough that it's a coach's fault and they're going to keep the same system, just put a new coach into it? Or do you think that they need to switch the system up too? I don't, I think it's an adjustment in the system. I, I really don't like this for the, the four, two, five works, but you're asking your, this is the same conversation we had last year. You're asking your linebackers to do a lot. And you're asking a lot of your secondary. There's, they're, they're on combination routes. So if this happens, you get what I'm saying? So, for example, my mom asked me this today. She's like, what are the linebackers' assignments? Well, they could be many things, depending on what the, the line is. But you're asking two linebackers to potentially have to cover tight ends or running backs out of the backfield and be posed to try to help if it is for whatever reason, a pass setup, which is actually a run. You have, you virtually have no middle linebacker in this four two five defense. And it's obvious that that's not helpful for these young cats that they have at linebacker. It doesn't play to their strengths. Because well, it's hard to know who's leading the defense. I feel like when you have a middle exactly. linebacker, you, you defer to, they're like the quarterback of your defense and you sort of move off of them. You know, everyone has their position. They're calling stuff out a lot like a quarterback does. People who don't know defense right. might not even realize that. Uh, in fact, in a lot of levels, they even wear helmets that are getting, you know, calls in, you know, just in the same way that a quarterback would. Right. And, and they're aligning it and, um, in the NFL, do they have audio transmission to one player on defense? I know some I leagues thought, they do. I thought they did. Um, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case now. But I yeah. thought they were trying it out at one point. Yeah, yeah, and I know some leagues do have it. They do, and and also I um I know that that in college that the, that position is the still the leadership. They don't get called into them, but right. they, they get a signal from their outside that you know also that they're running the show kind of yeah. thing, like the, like a quarterback does so i mean they're so, asking a lot of these linebackers and and, and and don't get me wrong it does if you play within the confines and, and and because there's a lot of there's a lot of broken lane and gap responsibilities by those two linebackers that cause a lot of these run runs to break because they're getting caught up in the wash of the defensive linemen um and wow. trying to crash down Sorry, what? there's a huge play that just happened in this Buffalo game. So Buffalo just kicked it. Did that uh, just go and- off his helmet? <laughs> there you go. So yeah, it's um he calls for a fair catch and it nope, it was right off his shoulder. And uh clear recovery um by the Bills. Ooh. Wow. That's that's rough. Oh. I think it got lost in the lights. I really do. It's like one of those things that happened in baseball. 
but it can happen at night. Oh, um, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, let me let my dog out real quickly. But uh, Champ, give give some of your thoughts on uh, the second half adjustments and the things that you liked and, and overall. Okay, so to expound on what DJ said earlier, this Washington defense gave up 58 points in two games and a total of 815 yards. Let those, let those numbers sink into your head real quick while I, while I talk about this. So this, this defense is set up, which is almost essentially like a nickel defense because you have five DBs in there, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking very good. As I said earlier on in my, in my opening thoughts, it just seems like the DBs are just confused to their assignments. There's five of them out there and there's only four receivers. How is a receiver still getting wide open with five of you out there plus two linebackers? That's seven on four. How is someone getting open? That's what I want to know. Um, I like the I like the fact that they did kind of kind of adjust a little bit, but I think it's been already said that it was a little too little too late. I think adjustments should have been made a lot sooner. They need to fix this system. I don't think that having only two linebackers out there and having them also responsible for coverage is helpful, especially if you're going up against a very good running team. And the first two weeks of the season, you have the running backs gashed, have gashed you so horribly. Um, and offensively, because I know a lot of the focus on the defense, but offensively, it looks like they really kind of uh, adjusted a little bit as well. And you finally got to see Samuels be used more. McLaurin got a few uh, catches. Logan Thomas uh, was able to make some plays and things like that. Uh, the touchdown to Samuels is really, really, just really well done. I mean, he managed to make a move and get past the line, the, the, the DB, and Wentz just tossed it in there just perfectly right in between the two uh, DBs so that only Samuels can get it and still strive into the end zone, even though he took a shot. He was already in the end zone. So that was a really good throw for, for, for Carson to make there. And I think just overall, it just, it just wasn't a, 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 a great effort on, you know, the offense, the first half, the second half was a much better effort, but defensively they just weren't really in sync the entire game. Now it wasn't just a tale of two halves where the first half they, they were struggling and the second half they got better. It was all four quarters something was wrong. And I, I think I got to echo DJ sentiment here. If Jack Del Rio can't get it together, especially against a division foe, division foe as Philly, I think he's got to go. He's got to go. I think he's got to go. So that's all I got to say about that. If he doesn't get it fixed and we lose to our divisional opponent and give up 20 or more points again, a change has to be made and it has to be made now. And this ain't an overreaction. Go, I mean, we, we got two years of this stuff, man. Two years. And, and it rests on you now, especially now that the offense is playing very well. Um, Rivera can't be too happy about that. Um, and if there's no adjustments made to put, again, I'm tired of coaches pigeonholing their, their personnel to do what they want to do. You have to play to the strength of your players, and he's not doing that. He hasn't been doing that in the past two years. So how long are you going to wait till you're out of the playoff hunt and below 500 again? And, and then Ron Rivera's got to take all of that. At some point, somebody's got to pay. They already paid for the defensive line, not supposedly not doing so well. 
uh, lack of agreement on 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 you know strategy there gone. This guy hasn't done nothing for two years, and here you are coming into your third game with all these yards they've racked up in two games. You ain't really stopped anybody, um, and your your defense looks confused. And the offense and, is improving because there's yes. all this talk that their offense wasn't giving them enough, and they were they were showing up. They got early, more than enough early on in the tenure between these. The defense was showing up, the offense was not. Right, we'll, yes. we'll agree to that. But now the offense is showing up, so we need the defense to also show up. And maybe it doesn't have to show up to the level it was before, but at least half of it in between <laughs> halfway would have gotten us a win like yes. it just it wasn't that but we got a lot of people tuning in on facebook i really appreciate it uh eric was saying rookie davis trying to learn uh mike on the fly last season isn't the best plan for a defensive organization brian bingham said when they uh get carl back they can move forest to what landon collins was last year that could help yeah uh, i do believe they're missing can uh, missing curl a lot back there uh they are missing him i will agree with that yeah, and coaches have the nerve to single him out. Uh, and then also, Eric would say, no reason to delay dumping Del Rio can't get worse and no positive trend of improvement. So Thank there you, you go. So, um, <laughs> and by so, the way, and by yeah. the way, to back up what you're saying about the offense, the offense has combined to have 796 and 86 yards of total offense in the first two games. How long has it been since we've seen that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any quarterback in the history of the game had started quite as well as Wentz has for a team, right? First two starts, wasn't it one of the top performances ever, Dujanay? I thought I saw that somewhere. Yeah, like yeah, um, something about – oh, I also saw something about um, what – let's see, that's like four or five uh, – seven touchdowns, and then no quarterback in Washington history has thrown for seven touchdowns in a, in a long time. Well, long I don't think any had ever – Time. None I don't think it's st- ever it never started a Washington career yeah no like one that. has ever yeah like that so Wentz became the first person in the history of the NFL to debut with a new team with that performance of four touchdowns yeah yeah that was just, that was what was popped up when they when he when he came into the game for the first series last this, this yesterday was that he was the first person in the NFL to do it imagine yeah. the quarterbacks that have been in this league and he's now on the record was the only one to debut with a new team and perform that way yeah and I know some people are like, oh, he's overthrowing, made some bad plays in the first half. He did. And I think he would own some of those bad plays as well. Also, just don't think that the scheme that they had was working. And I think they needed it, to abandon, abandon, abandon it sooner because when it they did, wasn't. It, you know, the second they abandoned it for the second half, it was we saw improvement. And, I, right. you know, Carol talked about this a lot, that you can't wait till halftime to make adjustments. You know, no. you got to make adjustments let's say every five to 10 minutes in the game, you know, like it's not, it's something once upon a time you could make half time adjustments and that was enough, you know, that in an NFL from, you know, 20 years ago, maybe that works, but yeah, uh, it doesn't work. And today they got iPads they are seeing the schemes faster. They're analyzing stuff at a quicker rate. They have people in their ears, analytics people. They're saying, this is what they're doing. It's a different game. And your offensive line is crying, help me. (laughs) They are getting whooped up front. We just don't run. The least you can do is change. Help them out. (laughs) I haven't seen a tight end screen, I don't think, yet. You know, I haven't. I haven't. That's crazy with somebody with his skills and his strength and his ability. I will say this, and I, I was saying this last week. I even said it on my show. I think this offense has the ability to feature someone new every week. 
it's a pick your poison type of thing. If everyone's healthy, I mean, the way that, that Carson spreading the ball around the, you know, if they're using uh, Gibson in space, like he's comfortable with to manufacture some of those runs, get McKissick in there. And then, and then when you get Robinson back and you get that guy who will be your, your, your guy who is the, you know, a true running back, and you can filter all that in. They don't have to go with the same thing you do did last week, this week. They can go any way they want. You got the young guy, young kid, and Jahan just playing his butt off. You got Terry. You got Samuel, who looks like a human joystick out there. I mean, there's just so many things they can do. And there was no reason to be pigeonholed in what they were doing in the first half and allowing it to get to 22 points, 22 to zero out of hand. Like, it was no reason for that. Eight different people caught a pass from Carson Wentz yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. I think something similar the week in week one. Yes. It, yes. You know, he was spreading so, it around. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, and so these are all things trending in the right direction. Yeah. Anybody that wants to say, oh, it's the same team that we've seen before, blah, blah, blah. It's not. I think our defense does need to improve. I think that those can be true. But this offense is a team that none of us have seen in a while. And it's going to take them a couple of weeks to get going. Right. I yes. mean, We've seen a tremendous success right off the bat, but at the same time, there's still room to grow, right? right. They, 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 the chemistry can still build. There's, you know, as long as they can stay healthy, uh, you know, this, this could really build into a, a really great offense and the defense just needs to come along for the ride right. a little bit more. And um, uh, it sucks because the offense was surging yesterday and I could see the comeback we got it within one touchdown and the, the comeback was on. I still question going for two so early. Oh, uh, it shouldn't have happened. Bro. It shouldn't have happened. I don't mm-hmm. care what analytics you talk about. Uh, like at some point you got to use the old brain here. You got to think a little bit. That was dumb. That was about as dumb as that stupid flea flicker in the first half when you could barely move the ball down the field as well. That was trash. I think that, took the whole momentum they have built and it just, I mean, you just cut the sails up and, and throw them in the ocean. Yeah. I agree. Chef, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, that two point conversion attempt that early, I, I get you're down a lot and you're trying to really close the gap, but that's a situation where you got to rely on sky to go out the uh, slide to go out there and make an extra point and save that two point conversion attempt for when it, you really need it. That was too early, and that even made a, a bigger hole even bigger than what it needed to be, especially, you know, even though, yes, your offense was moving very well, but I think that was a situation. As a fan, as soon as I saw him go for two, I said, oh, it's too early. You're, you're making a mistake, and then you miss it, and now you're like, you're really screwed at this point. That one attempt is the, the big dif- one of the big differences between them winning this game and losing this game. Had they wait and they let go- Sly go out there, kick the extra point, they would have been down seven. Uh, they'd have been down seven. Yeah, they'd have been down right. seven. But but so here's the other thing with oh, that yeah. is it screwed up his head. And so later he missed the extra point because now he's like, oh, they don't believe in me. They didn't go to me the last time. And like, it, it's all a rhythm thing, right? You There's know, momentum. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not going to the kicker in an obvious kicking situation makes them have self-doubt. Maybe they didn't go to me the last time because they thought I'd miss this. That even that little bit of a doubt right before he goes into that kick, the extra point that you need him to make then. And now you're down two extra points. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not a good decision. Yeah. So um, 
Um, let's take a look ahead. I think we've kind of broken down, you know, most of what we need to do about this game. Um, I appreciate Eric for chiming in, uh, as well. You also analytics only exists to cover coaches asses. um, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And Wentz is not perfect, but it's definitely not his fault. I agree. And, And I don't think anyone should expect perfection two times in, um, and, uh, a champ froze for a second. He's going to be right back. Um, uh, germs are fun as a first time chatter. I always love Twitch names. Uh, welcome in the chat. Um, and, uh, we'll bring champ in in a second, but I'll get Dujanay's thoughts while uh, he reboots in. I'm going to pull up our thing just to make sure I can see when he needs to jump back in. But, um, Dujanay, let's take a look at these Eagles team. Uh, who's playing pretty well right now. Uh, they're up 21 to seven with just a, on uh, the two minute warning, uh, right before halftime. Um, uh, They've been playing pretty well. Uh, this game, I believe, is in Washington. Um, a lot of us were pretty excited about the um, this team just in general. I think uh, the only people that had them one and one was actually my uh, was actually a room. Uh, everyone else either had us winning the first two or losing the first two games. So we're right in the middle of where we kind of thought we would be. Right. Um, but uh, a lot of us had us losing this next one. Um, uh, including both you uh, and many others. I also, I had us winning these first three, so clearly I'm already wrong. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I think this could be a get-right game. I mean, Philly's going to have to put is putting this tough game on a Monday night football. You know, sometimes there's an advantage to uh, having a more regular, you know, Sunday to Sunday, and yeah, you know, the Monday night to have to then you know travel, and you know, there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen for Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia was thought to be at the beginning of the season, the number one team in this division by a lot of pundits. And um, they've been kind of up and down through what we've seen so far. They're definitely not as good as people thought, but they're also not, you know, they did beat the lions, but it wasn't like by a wide margin. Although now I'm starting to think the lions were better than a lot of people gave them credit for. Um, They are doing pretty well against the, uh, the Vikings right now. Uh, What are your thoughts about the Eagles coming to town? Um, they present some of the same things that we've been discussing over the past two weeks. Uh, defense has to be extremely sound in the way that they uh, handle the run, because now you're dealing with a dual threat. Uh, you have a quarterback and you have several, they have a running back by committee. Um, and you're going to have to be extremely sound in the way that you play ball up front and that, that that defensive front five because we don't have a really have a middle linebacker in that in that particular scheme um it's going to be very important for them to tackle well uh, they've been getting gassed the first two games as far as the running game and detroit was smart enough to stick with it unlike jacksonville uh, i think you expect to see the same thing uh, it's all on tape so um and i would be worried about the deep ball as well um you know they've got weapons and if Washington cannot tighten up the secondary, we're going to see more of the same. Um, and I, but I don't think Philly's defense is that good. I mean, they're playing Kirk on a Monday night, so I don't really, you know, <laughs> it is what it is on a Monday night. He doesn't really uh, do very well uh, in that. And yeah. they don't have nearly as many weapons as Washington does along that 
that uh, wide receiver core. I mean, it's Jefferson and, and a couple of guys, but they haven't really shown themselves yet. Um, so I, I, I'm really uh, looking at the fact that this defense has to shore it up. We The offense did nothing in the first half and still was able to put up 27 points. So they have the ability to be able to beat the Eagles, but you can't let them boat race you early. They have to come out and be more prepared on offense in the first half. And if they can do that, it's going to be a game. It's going to be a game for sure. Um, And I I really don't believe in Philly's defense. I don't think it's that great. And uh, what they're showing on Monday night against Kirk, it's Kirk. Okay. Like, you know, what we saw last week, they, they got, they got uh, hammered by Detroit as well. So, uh, and I think Washington can present some of the same problems that Detroit did in the beginning uh, in week one. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be a, a, you know, you're going to be clinging to your seat on this one, unfortunately, uh, if the defense doesn't change their way with ways. Yeah. So we got a scoring update. Uh, Buffalo is just talking about a boat race. They're up 34 <laughs> to seven now, uh, five sixteen left in the third quarter. They could put up 50 tonight at this rate. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oof, for, for Tennessee, I've been talking, the Bills are, are the real deal. I, I think they've been knocking on this door for a couple of seasons now, and who knows? I I would not be surprised if they are the AFC championship, the champion at the end of this uh, whole thing. Uh, they're my odds on early on favorites, I think, to win the AFC at this point. They just seem to be able to take care of business. Uh, they, they did very well in their opener, you know, against the defending you know, champion. Um, and so that bodes well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to win every game this year, but at the same time, I, I think they could do a lot of damage. Um, and so uh, that's great. Oh, we just got a raid on Twitch. Thank you, CT Music. Appreciate uh, the raid. Um, that's awesome. CT, I was actually lurking in your stream earlier, so I appreciate uh, the raid. It looked like you're having a good time in your new stream room, and uh, I, I appreciate that a lot. And uh, Champ, uh, were you? I see that Champ is back. How is um, how's the laptop doing? Are you gonna you, you can let us know in Twitch chat if you want to join us again, either on that or on uh, your phone for the end of the segment, or Dujane and I can just uh, rock and roll and finish up this segment um but uh e- either way uh we're fine uh and ct oh he says it's loading up right now perfect ct asks how are we doing we're doing great uh it's been a fun stream so far i mean it's always tough to talk a little bit about loss uh but um <laughs> i uh i think that it, it's been a good discussion about how we can improve as a team uh we're not uh we're not uh, the, the media doom and gloom. We're also not sucking up to the Washington football team and uh, saying that they did incredible with no errors last week. They, they definitely should own up some of these mistakes. And I think that there is clear ways to fix it. And it's going to be a tough matchup um, against the Eagles. And next week on Monday Night Football, they're promoing it right now. Cowboys at Giants. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, Giants are going to win. You think so? Yeah. Yes. I think I think the Giants are a little bit better than they showed. They're they are somewhere in between this week and last week. Um, and I don't think what we saw from the Cowboys uh, against a, a I don't think that's what I think that's real. And here's why: I think we think that the Cincinnati Bengals are better than they are. 
I really do. And I, I have to admit that I'm one of them too. Um, with all the changes they made, it just doesn't seem to be gelling. I don't think they're as good as they appear or we think they are. And um, they have some work to do. For sure. It was a tough pick'em week. I know we're all in the same pick'em league uh, yeah. together, but Got murder. Uh, I, you know, I did a whole entire show on it for Thursday for an hour. And I was like, let's pick them and see how we do. Um, which is obviously the best way to jinx yourself uh, for sure. Um, and uh, I used to do a third hour of sports on the hill podcast in the first couple of seasons where I had, I believe you were even in some of them where I just brought in like eight people and we just had a free for all. And we used to have a good old time uh, picking games, uh, different guests, different weeks at Sith for some of them. We've got all sorts of different people uh, coming through that over the years. Uh, I miss doing that segment. My family was out of town. So I thought, Hey, if there's ever a week to do the segment, let's, you know, on a Thursday on a special to celebrate 400 followers, let's do it. And we had a great time picking. Uh, we yeah. just didn't do very well in, uh, <laughs> in our results yeah. of, uh, of what we did. Um, uh, just a lot of surprises. I mean, the Ravens uh, started off so well in that game and then I, I didn't have Tua coming away with six touchdowns. I don't know. No. Uh, how many people had that? Um, and, but I, I uh, think Lamar Jackson for those 62 points, the 62 fantasy points. Thank you. Oh, man. 43-yard <laughs> interception return for a touchdown. They've already put up 40, name. My 50 number Sheesh. is looking. It's looking real good right now, buddy. <laughs> now, they're at 41 now, 41 to 7 with 339 left in the third quarter so nine points Yikes. to 50 we can have 50 watch on our show um uh because i just think that's a, a fun number to hit that's just it's not easy and uh, not easy at all <laughs> yeah they, they might hit it uh, a lot of over and unders are put at 50 no less one team going for 50 exactly so, um but anyway so we'll keep an eye on that a little bit but yeah i mean the cincinnati game i was surprised that Dallas won that one i didn't have uh Cincinnati's having a bit of a hangover after the uh, Super Bowl loss uh, last year, which happens to teams uh, for sure. Uh, but I was surprised by that. Uh, there was just a lot of like late comebacks that I thought were interesting. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, the NFL is always exciting. Lots of good games you know, up and down, you know, every week. Um, but uh, let's get uh, your final thoughts on that Eagles game coming up. And then uh, I'll let you give a little bit of a shout out uh, for your podcast as well. Um, we still have, uh, I think champ's still coming back to at least say goodbye. But if not, uh, we'll, we'll give him shout out after yours as well, but uh, let people know what's happening on your shows or whatever you are writing for this week as well. And let our listeners know. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, we looked at uh, these stats and I'll give you some stats going away. Uh, they allowed 8.8 8 yards, 8 yards per carry against uh, the Lions. It was 6.8 the week before. Um, it's not looking good uh, if you're having a team like the Eagles who has running backs and a running quarterback. Uh, gonna have to tighten that up. That's not that average ain't going to look very good probably worse than the league at this point uh, coming into this game. Um, so that stuff's got to be shored up as I, I stand by the loss. I think it's going to be a loss. Likely it'll be a close one. Um, you know, it's just one of those things, early season uh, divisional game against a team that I think it's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to, I, I still say that they're number one right now in the, in the division. Um, and that's not by much. 
but um, yeah, I, I don't see them winning this game. How, how uh, do you stack up the division right now over the top four if you're taking a look at it? Oh man, I I honestly right now, if you're going, you're going to go. I'd go Philly. I I would go Washington over um, over Dallas, but it's hard because Dallas's defense is really good. I don't think what they put up offensively last week is really their true identity. I think I give give Keller Moore some credit. He made some adjustments from last week. Um, you know why he couldn't do that with a starting quarterback in week one. I have no idea, but you know it's a dumpster fire, and both of them are trash. So whatever. Um, uh, but I guess I'd have to go. I guess I'd have to go with Dallas at number two. Uh, Washington's three, and the Giants are still four for me. Um, I I can't trust Daniel Jones. I'm but sorry. You, but you think number four is going to beat number two next week? Definitely, because I think I I really do believe that what we saw is is an anomaly. I don't trust uh, the Bengals. I think the Giants are a lot more scrappy and have a little bit more fight. Uh, they just have a, a not so good quarterback in Daniel Jones, but they do have Saquon, an angry Saquon Barkley. Um, and I think that makes the difference because I don't see Dallas being able to move the ball that well um, in this game, in this game coming up. So, and I believe they go to New York. Uh, yes, I believe it is. Yeah. So I, I, that's the only reason why if it was in Dallas, I'd probably give it to them, but I think it's going to be a close one. And I think the Giants will edge them out. Uh, I see that champ is back. So I'm going to get his thoughts on this game. And then I also have a bunch of comments on the Facebook feed that I'll get to as well. Uh, but champ, what are your thoughts on uh, playing Philly this upcoming week? Right. Uh, so that was the first time since I've gotten this laptop that it did all of that. So that's a shock. So I'm not to look into that. Um, but this, this Eagles game, I picked this one as a loss. And this is even before seeing what the Eagles have done these first two games, like Jalen hurts is like something different when it comes to a running quarterback. And um, I was listening to what DJ, what DJ was saying about, you know, Philly going up against our wide receiving core and how we have a, uh, our, we have a different dynamic with more weapons than what they had to deal with in game one. So I think that offensively, they just need to go. And as mentioned before, they need to do a lot more short drops, quick passes, get the running game going so that way you can set up the play action pass and really keep their defense off balance. But the key is that that four, two, five defense, that makeshift nickel defense has to, has to, has to adjust to having to deal with a, a mobile quarterback. No doubt about it. Like it's just, it's just bottom line, common sense. Those four guys up front have to get home and get to Hertz early and often make him have to think about what what could happen if he holds on to the ball longer than he needs to and if they can't get home then he's going to have time to be able to even look through his progressions or just take off a run and your linebackers are going back in coverage they're giving up they're going to probably give up five to seven yards to the quarterback each time and that's the yards you don't want to give up because you don't want to find yourself in second and short off the break because then it's going to be harder to try to get off the field if you got him a second and short instead of second and long or second and medium. So bottom line is all on the defense. They have to step up. This performance they had this week has to be a race, short memory, adjust and make, uh, put in a plan that has to make Jalen hurt sweat. 
Because if you if Jalen Hurts can sit back there and make throws or get out of the way out of the pocket or get out and run, they're gonna be in trouble. I still feel like they're gonna lose. I did pick them to lose this game. I did, but as a fan, I'm gonna be rooting for them to win. But I did pick them to lose this one because I think Philly is a much better team this year. Uh, than they were last year. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. But the defense got to step up, and they got to make Jalen Hurts sweat harder than a try-hard war zone, like sweat, sweat, because otherwise he's going to have a field day. Yeah, so the only people that picked us for a win um, in this game was myself, uh, CP3, and Leslie. So the three biggest homers of the whole entire thing. (laughs) Um, uh, So... Uh, that should just tell you everyone else had it. So I mean, I which will, is funny because you know, I'm a homer too, but I picked them to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there are definitely other homers in this list, but I the I would say the biggest. You know, Leslie and I used to have season tickets together, um, and, and CP3 had us going 11 and six on this season. So you know that should tell you. And Leslie had 10 and seven. So uh, both of them had uh, pretty high. Although Dujanay, I have to give you credit. You you picked us to get 10 wins this year. Which yeah. um, do you still think even if we lose this game to Philly that we, we could get to 10? Yeah, because I I think there's going to be a game that I picked as a loss that they're going to be able to win, and some of them, some of them, especially the division ones, I it was really hard to make that decision because it could go either way, and um, I just looked at it as some of the early season growing pains, and they would get it together late in the season and make a run. But I think they're going to steal some of those that I have as as losses. They'll steal a few of those, but I think they can win 10 games. I really do, especially with this offense. If the defense can just be a half of what they were um, and, and make some plays consistently. Uh, I mean, three of fifth, three of th- four of 13 on third down is not bad. Just eliminating the explosive plays would help. It's the explosive plays that are killing them right now. And uh, they're putting teams, allowing teams to just go first down, second down and never hardly reach third down. Um, so, uh, it, yeah, I, I do think they can get 10, though. I, I really do believe that, especially what we've seen from this offense. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I will. I just want to be mindful of everybody's time. I'm going to get uh, Andy to join us in just a, a few moments. I'm going to let um, Dujanay uh, give his shout outs for his stuff real fast. Uh, and then I'll let Champ uh, do the same. I'll give a little quick update on how the Nats week went uh, I assume neither of you guys watch much national so I'm not going to keep no I can't uh, even so, watch them yeah, yeah. <laughs> that team is a you. dumpster fire I can't right. even watch them it's going to be a very quick second maybe two minutes so <laughs> yeah. um so the uh I do want to at least go through the scores but that's about it uh anyway but Dijonet, let people know where they can find you I'm going to do your command in chat uh for twitch but uh let everyone know uh, you can always find me at uh, sportsjourney.com. have uh, several articles up uh, for the commanders. Um, trying to be a little bit more consistent on that. You can also find me at The Breakdown, which is right back here. Myself and the boss, Karita Parks, we talk uh, everything commanders. That's what we're doing this year. We're going to stay in the NFC East uh, and cover some big stories. But uh, we're going to try to centralize this thing. Our, our schedules are tight. And uh, we're going to try to keep and bring you some more commanders talk as well as other Washington, D.C. sports. Uh, you can also follow me at NotBland21 
And uh, I love talking shot with you guys, whether it's, uh, you know, Washington or or what, just simple NFL stuff. I love it. Uh, And I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you. One thing before you leave, um, I wanted to wear this today. I usually wear merch, but we got beat so badly last week. And I just wanted to come back and, and rep the team. And I was just so happy that they were able to come back and beat Miami. I don't know if you got to watch any of that game. It was a really good game. I did. Um, uh, what What were your thoughts on the rebound for Texas A&M? It's what I expect. Um, I ain't going to lie. I, you know, after he did what he did with, with Florida State, I really hope that he loses every game uh, until he um, retires. Uh, with that said, though, it's not anything I don't expect from Jimbo. Um you know, uh, he's he's a great offensive mind, a great coach uh, when he's into it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I expected them to beat Miami. Miami has some some players and some things, but um, they don't have uh, what other teams have. So, um, yeah, I was happy to see Texas A&M uh, beat up on Miami. I'm not. You know, it, the U ain't what it used to be. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mentioned college because a certain head coach way back when said you play to win the game. And he just got fired three games into this season. Talk about Herb Edwards. Arizona said, said, bye bye. You're out. Go, go away. Bye. I, I wonder, thought that was funny. I, it's wild. And I, I, I really I'm like, well, who who are they thinking about going to get? Um, sometimes I feel like especially with Herm. Um, you know, there are times where the game just passes you by. And it's not that he's not a good coach. It's just that he's an older coach and you have to relate to today's athlete. Uh, I think that's something that Dion does very well, uh, given his age. Um, you, you see, um, uh, you know, Nick Saban being able to relate to, you know, still have that that mentality of what he expects in the standard but he also is willing to to bend a little bit and move with the times and uh, i think that's probably one thing that hurts herm is that it ain't all about x's and o's all the time and sometimes you have to be able to to relate to your athlete and um you know otherwise the voice gets a little stale in the room especially if you're not uh winning more games than you're losing so um, I, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's not a surprise. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much Dujanay, for your time. As always, I look forward no problem. to all season long, being able to break some of these uh, games down and hopefully more wins than losses. Uh, but, uh, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of both. Throughout yeah. The season. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We'll have you on next week and definitely everyone check out Dujanay. Links are in the chat on twitch but you can also go uh sportsothp.com and click our podcast partners and you can click the button on there uh and you can check out um all of our different podcast partners whether it uh be uh, champ uh or the power play point podcast um 
uh, so you got the breakdown upon further review with Brian Brown. Also, if you click on Team Sports OTHP, it's got all of the social links uh, there. So you can definitely check out uh, all of Dujanay's different links to all the, the breakdown, the sports media, uh, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram. We also have all of Champ's links from the No Spots podcast, uh, twitch.tv slash true no spots pod. Also, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and, and his show's Twitter also are all on uh, the um, the team sports OTHP link, but champ, let people know what's happening on the no spots podcast this week. Well, first off, I'm watching raw right now and they're in San Jose and George Kittle made an appearance on camera. He's at the game. So he's having a good couple of days at the San Fran got the win despite losing Trey Lance to a season ending injury, but um, true no spots this week. We're doing something very, very interesting. Uh, after we talk news and notes and the New Japan recap, uh, myself and Sith are going to sit down, break down, and grade the big five pay-per-views from WWE's worst fiscal year ever of 1995. That's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, King of the Rings, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. I've already watched one of them and I'm already regretting this decision, but we're going to, we're, we're in it to win it. So we'll be talking about that on site on Saturday. So you can check us out at twitch.tv slash true no spots pod audio goes up the very next day on all our audio platforms. And you can check out the part, the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com. It should be a very interesting discussion this Saturday. So join us. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Um, as always, um, I'm going to just uh, cut out the audio for the uh, end of the Facebook stream and our podcast, and then we'll continue on live on Twitch. Uh, people who don't know, I also do uh, emoji design. For those who don't know Twitch lingo, it's called emotes on there, but it's like an emoji. It's like a graphic that you see, uh, but it's custom to a channel. And uh, so we'll do an emote design. I think we're making some animated ones, maybe some static ones, maybe some other designs uh, with our friend Andy Primordial Sound. So find out more on twitch.tv slash Robbie G underscore sports OTHP. Uh, and uh, also the link is in the description of the Facebook. And so we'll be continuing to chat over there. But thank you everyone for tuning in. Oh, I was going to go over the scores real fast. Um, in um, Oh, hi, Andy, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um and uh sorry the real quickly the scores in the nationals uh for anybody that's still interested in baseball uh they had a rough week uh losing in the battle of the beltway the two games they played against baltimore both were in washington they lost the first one three four the second one they lost uh two to six uh so um not putting up a whole lot of runs uh baltimore is in that wild card hunt and then they played miami uh all three of those games were also in washington they won the first two five to four and five to three but lost the third one they only put up one run they allowed three uh they're right now in a live game at atlanta uh it is currently in the top of the ninth inning uh, washington is down um five to two right now so uh that looks like it's going to be a loss they're going to play at atlanta tomorrow at 7 20 on wednesday at 12 20 on friday they're at miami at 6 40 saturday at miami at 6 10 and sunday it's a matinee 140 game at miami and then next week 
uh, Monday versus Atlanta again. It's a 7.05 start. Uh, this time it will be uh, at home in Washington. Uh, so that we will talk about that game maybe a little bit next week uh, as well. So that's your uh, quick Nats update. But thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 282 of Sports on the Hill podcast. Again, join us on Twitch if they want to continue on for art streams. That'll be the end of our Facebook live stream. But thank you everybody for tuning in. I really appreciate everyone's comments and, uh, and stuff. I hopefully they will share it around if they enjoyed it uh, tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week for 283, uh, where we'll be uh, recapping the Eagles game and then previewing the next week's game as well. So I hope you guys all have a great night, and thank you everyone for tuning in on Facebook, and we'll continue on Twitch in just a moment. Thank you everyone for joining us for episode 282 of Sports on the Hill podcast. It was fun having Dujanay and Champ join me live uh, for this latest episode. I wanted to give a little bit of bonus content to our audio podcast listeners. So here is CP3's post-game analysis from uh, the loss to the Lions. What's going on, people? CP3 coming to you live from At The Bar Radio. Week 2, unfortunate commanders lost 36-27. Drops Commanders to one and one. Um, Detroit is now one and one. And if you watch my pregame show, you heard me say that um, if Washington didn't come out and get a fast start against this Detroit team, that uh, it could be a long day and they could be in for upset. And uh, sometimes I hate being right, but that's exactly what happened. I guess this team thought the game started around 2.45 instead of 1 o'clock because they didn't show for the first half at all. Um, Scott Turner, his uh, offensive game plan for the whole first half was trash. I don't understand why he would come out doing five-step drops and, um, you know, trying to stretch the field off the break, playing into Detroit's strength, which is their front four, and getting pressure along with their, you know, rookie draft pick that had three sacks in the first half. But yet and still, you continue to do the same thing through the whole first half and then had to wait till the second half to try to, you know, mix things up. Del Rio with the defense. I mean, the first half, there were a couple of blown assignments. Uh, the miscommunication on the play to uh, St. Brown and uh, across the middle for 49 yards to start out the uh offense but i can't say that the defense played that bad when you look at the yardage they gave up the offense sputtered you kept putting the defense on the field in the first half for what 30 plays and you know they gave up 22 points they held them to a field goal a couple of times sometimes they gave up the touchdown but to me, this was more on the offense not starting out and Scott Turner not adjusting his playbook fast enough for the team to be able to mount uh, a more plausible comeback. Because, you know, the comeback in the second half was good. You know, I like seeing the resilience and all of that good stuff they talk about. But the fact is, you started out, you know, down 22 in the second half. Like the game, you know, like you didn't even show up for the first half. And that's on coaching. <clears throat> and I was looking for Ron to go over there and, you know, start yelling at some folks, some coaches on the sideline to fix the things, but I didn't see that happen. 
They might have it back in the locker room, which is all well and good. But like I said, by then, you're already down 22 points. And Detroit has a quality offense, which I also mentioned. Didn't look like Swift ankle was hurting him that bad. You know, he, he broke a 50-yard run in the first in the first quarter. Scott didn't give the running game a chance. <laughs> Came out passing the ball off the break. You know, the defense gets a three and out on the road. First series. It's the offensive coordinator's job to at least get a first down and, you know, try to swing field position and build off of that momentum, you know, from your defense, especially, you know, the lapses that they had last week and the offensive firepower that Detroit has. Didn't do that. It comes right back out there and does it over and over and over again. The quick passing game worked against Jacksonville because you thought they were going to bring pressure that they didn't bring. This week, they bought the pressure, and you did nothing about it. This is when Scott gives me that sorry, sinking feeling of Jay Gruden-esque. When you see something that works, it's effective. You use it and you win, but then the following week, you don't go to it. You don't start out with it. You don't go back to it to get the momentum going that you built the previous week. He's trying to start from scratch. Then you finally get a first down in the second quarter. And then you pull out some fancy flea flicker play. Like, dude, it took you until six minutes into the second quarter to get a first down. Now you want to start doing flea flickers? Why don't we concentrate on getting a sustained drive going and maybe getting some points instead of trying to trick the defense? If you're going to use their aggressive nature against them, that's when you use the dump-off game, which we saw they started to use at the beginning of the third quarter. Why didn't you start doing that in the second quarter? First quarter was pretty much done. You know, down 15, gave him safety. You know, you held the defense held on the goal line. But then once again, Scott goes to a five-step drop when you're in your own end zone. Knowing that they're getting pressure. Knowing that the coverage they're running in the secondary is not allowing the receivers to get into the zone or they're playing a, a, a man cover with zone mixed in, which is giving Carson something to think about. But you're on your own goal line, but you're back against the, the end zone. You don't go for a five-step drop. I didn't see a quick slant until the second half. That's the way you get the, uh, the aggressive defense. That's how you use the aggression against them. If the men are rushing up, there's a void in between the linebackers. Wide receiver, quick slant, boom, that's a quick five yards. Now you got second and five instead of second and 10 because you're trying to do a five-set drop with second and 15. This was a frustrating game. And you know what I find interesting is last week we were up, started out fast. None of the, you know, so-called fans that have an issue with this team said anything. But this week we get off to a slow start, and oh, I got folks all over my post. It's like y'all celebrate when they play bad and they play good, play play well. You find something to be upset about. I, I just don't get it. But um, what's going on, Robbie? I appreciate uh, 
I'm sharing it to some groups. I'm sharing it to some groups also now. Uh, yeah, Jesse, uh, say just give it in the first half and maybe we win. Yeah, unfortunately, the NFL game is 60 minutes long and not 30. As I said, I think they thought the game started at 2.45 instead of 1 o'clock because they, uh, like I said, the coaches did them no favors putting them in a position to be successful. The defense, you know, did what they could to weather the storm of the offense ineptitude, which I, I hate to use that word, but that's pretty much what it was in the first half when you only get two first downs in the whole first half and you get that first first down with six minutes left in the second quarter. I just don't understand uh, why Scott stuck with the game plan that he had. Um, Coach Rivera is doing his post game now. I'm going to definitely check it out and see what he has to say because I know it's going to be a lot of tough questions. Also, I know a lot of folks are upset about the uh, two-point conversion that he went for in the fourth quarter. Then they came back and were down nine, and because they missed the, the uh, two-point conversion and the kicker missed the extra point, oh, why'd you make – did you hear how I had to loop all of that in? He wasn't expecting the kicker to make a point. He had the momentum at that time. They had just got a two-point conversion before. And I, I feel – God, this is not what I know. This is I feel that he went for the two-point conversion because he felt like they had momentum and they were trying to capitalize on it. Unfortunately, it backfired. They didn't get it. Detroit – on the next series called the jet sweep and uh i have to look at the tape but because he was so wide open on that on that end i want to say the deep defensive end uh sweat didn't stay home uh, i have to go back and look at it like i said but that one play 50 yards boom a 30 yard line close to the red zone boom they score again so it, it was a lot of momentum swings in this game and the commanders didn't step up to it step up to the plate soon enough. You know, they had to wait till halftime for some reason. I, I don't get it. Uh, what's up, Brian? He said the offensive line was the issue. Yeah, I mean, it was the issue because, like I said, Scott was playing into their hands. If you if you see the defensive line is running st stunts and twists and getting pressure, you don't go to a five-step drop. You go to a quick passing game, just like he did against Jacksonville. But for some reason, he had it stuck in his head. He wanted to keep on trying to push the ball down the field instead of taking what they gave him and hitting the wheel routes, hitting the, uh, the, uh, I didn't see one tight end screen. He loves a tight end screen on. I didn't see one last week. He started out the game with it. And, um, I just think that the, the Detroit's defensive line is formidable. They played well against Philly last week. They have a quality front and I'm not sure what happened on our offensive line. Terry, I see what you say. Our line needs work. I'm not sure what happened with the pressure that they, they were able to get this week that I didn't see that they didn't give up last week. I don't know if it was a uh, more max protects last week and they didn't do a lot of max protects because he had three, four wide receivers out there. Like I said, I was watching on a streaming and on a smaller TV and was interacting with folks. So I have to go back and watch the game when I get home tonight and actually look at it, look at it to see what the hell was going on in the first half, because I don't understand how you, go totally away from the game plan the week before that had some success and not, you know, when things start mounting, when you're down five, nothing, you're down 12, nothing. I didn't see him go to none of those plays to try to get the momentum or try to, you know, swing the momentum back in our favor. And I was hoping that, you know, coach was going to, you know, he said he was going to be holding Del Rio accountable for, um, if things weren't going right now that he has, um, now that he has Scott on the sideline and he can directly talk to him, 
I was waiting for them to show a video of them saying, yeah, look at coach talking to Sean, trying to get, I mean, to look, talking to Scott, trying to get things uh, figured out. Because you can't afford to wait till the second half against better teams. I said in the, in the pregame, Jacksonville did the commander some favors, dropping passes and, you know, not executing, missing wide open in the, in the, in the end zone. That isn't going to happen every week. So they were blessed and lucky to get the victory last week. And this week, they didn't answer the bell at all. Detroit came out ready, came out pumped, and they basically put their foot down the commander's throat in the first half. And it wasn't nothing that any of them did about it, in my opinion. So I know it's only week two. All right, Henderson got touched on from a fantasy football. All right, good look, good look. Rams just scored. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, they, and then you got Philly coming up next week, who is a better rushing team than Detroit is. And we got Gash for how many? No, I didn't write down the score. Got Gash for 191 against Detroit. I didn't even look at the per yard average because last week we gave up 6.2. Last week, Swift was averaging 9.6. At least he wasn't averaging. 9.6, well, shit. He was after 11.2. <laughs> he only rushed five times, 56 yards. So it was, it was a, it was a head scratcher for me. You know, I don't, under, I, I don't, I don't get it from the offensive side. The defense, like I said, I don't. There was there was a big miscommunication on the play to St. Brown, and then it was just like their offense was outsmarting our defense. They were finding a voice in our defense and, and being successful. And honestly, the the D-line, <laughs> they got looked at with the interior, Deron Payne and uh, Jonathan Allen. That whole interior was backups. Jared Goff is a stationary target. Why couldn't we get pressure? Why were they defensive end line able to get pressure on the offensive line who's in, you know, healthy, and our defensive line couldn't get pressure on their quarterback? with backups in the interior. Like I said, I'm going to go look at the tape. I haven't, I didn't get a chance to look at it closely because I was on the grill grilling too. So like I said, I'm not going to criticize until I watch the film and see what, but I'm going to talk about what I see and uh, what I saw. All right, Brittany, I see you. Uh, like I said, some of the fans are happy when we lose. She's one of the ones when we win. I didn't see her on my feet at all, but now, you know, she's loving life. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get this whole fire people. This is a new season. Three years, two years, one year, whatever it was. This is week two of 2022. So it's week two. Last week we saw some good, some bad, some ugly. This week we saw some good, some bad, some ugly. But if coach is, is content where he is right now, and he already said, you saw that, he, like I said, when he made the move of getting rid of Sam Mills, he showed that he's not playing. So if he decides to fire him and he saw that, that, that it's not going to get any better, then that's what he's going to do. But sitting here whining about it ain't going to do no good. It's a 4-2-5 defense, a new defense. You got a second-year player that's learning on the job that they know needs work, and he's getting work. On the field, that's the only way you get better is by playing on the field. You don't get, you know, get experience in practice and watching tape. You get it by playing the game. And that's what you have. It's called growing pains. 
That's why this year they didn't draft for potential. If you look at every draft pick they, they drafted, they were a three or four year starter. So now they're drafting for what they know they can do instead of the potential they can do. So now it's all about meshing all of that together. And it's week two, people. There's hardly any tape on anybody. Nobody knows what to expect. You just saw Miami just came back and beat Baltimore. They was down 22-7. Then come back and beat them by three. So, I mean, it's week two. A lot of things are in flux. Firing somebody week two is, is, makes, no, makes no sense. And it was, just, it was a momentum thing. And like I say, it wasn't even on Jack. It was more on Scott and his play calling. There weren't a lot of missed tacklers. Last week, they had a 28% blitz uh, 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 coverage, which was third in the league. So how did, I swear, y'all are some gloom and doom folks, man. You just love to be mad. Love to be mad. Now, when they shut down Jacksonville in the first half last week, you were talking about, oh, they should be up by more points. Oh, just wait till the second half. They're going to find a way to screw it up. Then last week, when Detroit is blowing out, when they're getting blown out by Philly, you patting Philly on the back, talking about, see, that's how you handle a team. And then they mess around and win by three. So, I mean, what do you, it's week two. Nobody knows how the team is going to end up at the end of the season. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, people. And right now, they're one and one. They had a good game last week where they were able to come back and deal with diversity. They had a bad game this week where they didn't deal with diversity. That's 500. That doesn't mean the team is great. That doesn't mean the team sucks. That means the team is still developing and gelling and figuring out their identity, which coach said at the beginning of the season, we have to have our identity. They haven't got that yet. A lot of teams haven't got that yet, but why is it we want to fire our people <laughs> just because we have 30 years. Ron Rivera has been here for three years. He's not responsible for 30 years. So I can't hear that nonsense. He has nothing to do with 30 years. We're talking about his regime and what he's responsible for. If you can't separate the two, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Jesse, that Jess sweet. Yeah, like I said, I had to look at the tape, but I'm thinking that Sweat didn't stay home on that play because he probably crashed down because of the misdirection. And that's where we talk about gap discipline and staying true to your assignment. Last week, they were... I gave him an A grade for being disciplined. You didn't see Trevor Lawrence break the pocket. I heard it hurt us with his feet. But this week, with a stationary target, I was hoping that that would help contain Swift and it would still be able to get pressure up the middle since Jackson, I mean, Jackson, Jesus, since Detroit was uh, soft up the middle with backups. But I don't, like I said, I got to go back and look. I, I don't know what Detroit was doing that they were able to uh, contain our interior linemen. I know Allen had the you know, slight groin issue that he said didn't have any adverse effects. Deron Payne flashed a few times, but it was too many times that I didn't hear our front four's name being called. I didn't see the pocket collapsing. So you can blame that on Del Rio. I don't know. I know y'all are. But like I said, I'm going to go back and look at look at it tonight when I get home and try to figure out you know, what that was, because that made no sense to me. Um, 
What else? What else? I mean, there's very, I mean, there was some good, but there's no reason to talk about it. A loss is a loss. There are no more victories. So, I mean, this one does suck. This one does hurt because I had us, it should have been a win. We should be 2 0 right now, but we're 1 1. Going into our first division game next week against Philly. Um, let me uh, go ahead and go over these stats. I'm going to share to a couple more groups. And that's it. Because I'm not going to be on for that much longer. Because we got to get ready for the At The Bar Radio Show at 6 o'clock. So tune in for that one also. When I'll probably give my uncut and unadulterated version of what I really want to say. Um, let's look at these stats. And once again, on paper, this game looked winnable and should have been closer than it was. Uh, first downs, Washington had 21, Detroit had 17. Third down conversions, Washington was 7 for 15. All in the second half, they only had two conversions in the first half. And held Detroit to four for 13. Catch to that is, Detroit was getting good games on first down. So I say numbers can say one thing, but also mean something else. That's why when everybody put a lot of stock in numbers, yeah, they were four for 13 on third downs, but they were getting, they were, you know, going in second and two where they didn't get the third down and they were still moving the ball and being effective in the first half. So that's why I say you can put stock in numbers, but you can't put everything in the numbers and think that's all that it's all about. Um, Rush yards, once again, like I say, Scott didn't give the run a chance. I'm starting to feel, starting to get flashbacks to uh, good old Jay Gruden. Only had 88 rush yards. Detroit had 191. 308 pass yards to Detroit's 234. Uh, 396 total yards. Detroit had 425. Two turnovers for the commanders, none for Detroit. Time of possession, 32 minutes and excuse me, three seconds for Washington, 27 minutes and 57 seconds for Detroit. And another surprising stat, only had, Washington only had two penalties for 17 yards. Detroit only had one penalty for five yards. So this is a pretty clean game, penalty-wise. Time of possession, they were down, uh, what was it, 17 minutes to 12 minutes in the first half. So they had the ball for a majority of time in the second half. They just didn't score enough because they already spotted on the 22-point lead. It was, I don't know, like I said, I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out how Scott could have one of the best game plans I've ever seen him do last week to go to one of the worst game plans I've ever seen him install the following week. And, yeah, I feel like this was a wasted opportunity that this team could be 2-0, they're going into a head-to-head -head matchup with, you know, division game with some real momentum. Now they got to go back to the, you know, chalkboard and figure some things out. Practice harder, scout better, because now you're going up against the Eagles offense. Like I said, who runs the ball better with the super mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts when you couldn't get home with a stationary target. And now you're trying to corral uh, – Super fast human being. Like I said, last week they did a good job at containing Trevor Lawrence and keeping the pocket, you know, sound and being gap disciplined. So if they can do that again, then, you know, that helps mitigate it and, you know, keep him 
keep his legs from hurting him on third downs, especially. Um, yeah, it's 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 just oh, this one hurt. I know I understand the fans frustrated. I'm not I'm not mad at the fans for being upset. You have a right to be upset because this was a turd. Uh, you know, what I'm saying they laid a turd in the first half. I can't defend that. I'm not going to defend that. But it's just yeah. Disheartening to see the way this team started out this game. It's good to see the comeback, but like I said last week, you can't keep on coming back all the time. Sometimes you got to get the lead, take the lead, put your foot on the opponent's throat, and win the game, and then ride over to the sunset and call it a day. Um, this week, can't do that. Uh, individual numbers. Now, I said this going back to the Jay Gruden era. If your quarterback is throwing the ball 40 times and you're a Washington commander, it's not a good sign. Wentz was 30 for 46, 337, three touchdowns, one interception, 99.6 quarterback rating. Jared Goff. 20 for 34, 256 yards, four touchdowns, no interception, 121 quarterback rating, i.e. no pressure on the quarterback, i.e. only 30 passing, 34 passing attempts, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That says it all for itself. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 28 yards, two-point yard, two-yard average, and one touchdown. DeAndre Swift, five carries, 56 yards, 11.2 yard average, and no touchdowns. Curtis Samuel, nine receptions, 78 yards, 11.1 yard average, and a touchdown. And Amar, Amar, nah, I can't say I've been saying it all morning. Amu Ra, St. Brown, nine catches, 116 yards, 12.9 yard average, and two touchdowns. Now, if you tune into my pregame, and I got my pregame notes somewhere over here. Where did I got them? Why did they go right here? One of the keys to victory I had is don't let St. Brown beat you. Or Swift. Swift didn't beat him. Swift made a couple of big plays, but St. Brown. And not calling out because I know I blocked him, so he's probably not watching, but. Hey, one dude talking about calling out players when they play bad. Kendall Fuller. Started out this way last year, you got better toward the end of the season. I don't understand why we have to start out slow and then ramp up and get better. You had a great preseason, played well in the preseason games and training camp and everything, but for some reason, it's just not... You're a step behind, and when you're when they do they do catch you sleeping or make that mistake, the ball's coming your way, and they capitalizing on it. So, made a good you did make a couple of good plays in the second half, but the first half, not so much. Not calling them out, just saying that yeah, we got to do better. Davis played better in coverage; he got his first sack, so that was nice to see. But as a whole, the defense got outplayed. Got out coach because, like I said, they were they were finding ways to get into the void to find the matchup, and because the front wasn't getting enough pressure, golf had all day to pick the team apart, and that's pretty much what he did. Um, 
What's up, Jesse? That being a Washington fan, you get worried seeing Wentzak like that, knowing his history. Uh, yeah, but I mean, having Heineke as a backup, I'm not really too concerned if he does get hurt because I know what Heineke is. I'm not saying Heineke is going to is the end all, is the answer, and he should be starting. Yada yada yada. With the weapons that we have on offense now, Heineke isn't going to be asked to do as much. So if we don't have to push the ball down the field, that's cool. Because he can hit the, you know, he hits his check down and he buys time with his feet. So, but, you know, Carson has been healthy for the last three seasons for the most part. So, that injury prone moniker, I get it early in his career, but for the last three seasons, he pretty much been healthy. Um, I don't know if there's any much, really much to say about this game. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. I uh, got the 6 o'clock show at the bar. We'll be talking about different topics, different subjects. You can tune in. Like I said, it's more uncut, you know, sports in the hill. I try to keep it PC and adult and family friendly and everything. But to get my true uncut feelings on this game, tune in at the bar radio, streaming live around 6 o'clock, talk about sports, current events, entertainment, news, independent music. Uh, we have an in-studio guest. We might have to. I'm still waiting to hear back from my folks. So tune in, check us out. Uh, check out the website, sportsothp.com, for all the uh, shows, highlight videos, Facebook Lives. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, Carol Porter III, with three eyes, not the number three. Go follow, hit the notifications button, you know, help grow my page, do highlight videos, all types of different things. So check us out, stream live. Um, tune in tomorrow night, Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, be breaking down this game a little bit more like i said i gotta go home and watch the film on it i didn't get a chance to look at it look at it like i wanted to and uh having some technical difficulties at the house that's why i went live from my phone this morning also so i'll probably be joining on my phone so i won't have all the stats and stuff like i normally do like i have over here working on getting my wi-fi taken care of something's going on but yeah, you know how that is but appreciate y'all checking me out sports on the hill podcast true radio network watch the commanders post game week two one and one could be worse could be on two week three philadelphia at fedex field i'll be at the game so yeah it won't be a post game or a pre-game uh well i probably might do a live from my phone so yeah stay tuned but uh i'll be at the game next week so that'll definitely be interesting i haven't been to a philly game in a while last one i went to let's just say uh got a little rowdy but um appreciate y'all checking us out tune in Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, DC Sports by the Politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. CP3, live from At the Bar Radio.